Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joining me today is Mr. Positivity himself, Brett. Positively. Well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hey, I know I'm a Christian, and you ain't going to sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? Also joining me today is Jason Kneeling. Hey. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I'm glad you cut off him saying Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll fix it in post. (laughs) Nah. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is kind of a Thanksgiving-ish episode. It's not going to come out before Thanksgiving, so... So tough shit, but <laughs> uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, but we've had a lot of scheduling conflicts. We just couldn't get it, couldn't get it going in time. Sure. You were sick. You almost died on Monday or over the weekend. Yeah. What happened? Food poisoning? Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> Not that you just didn't want to come into work on Monday. <laughs> No, that couldn't have been it at all. <laughs> it might have had a little bit, but not, no. I was a little bit under it earlier this week. A little bit what? Under it. Oh, under it. It being the weather. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, we've been having some issues with the website, the analytics part. It just stopped measuring our all of our subscribers. Or everybody just stopped listening yep. at the same time. Which I know it was impossible because I still subscribe to my own podcast. Just, so there mm. should be a count of one on there. Just yeah. to, uh, just talking to the void. <laughs> if you're still out there, maybe just hit us up on the, the Twitters or something. On the tweeters. Or the, the emails that we got. Um, yeah, I talked to Squarespace and they're fixing it, but squares basically stopped working on the 7th i think of november so i haven't had any updated numbers since the 7th huh. oh not cool is squarespace owned by a bigger company or no i don't know Couldn't get your you. shit together squarespace i've been happy with them in the past we've been with them for the entirety of the podcast history i guess but that's neither here nor there. Today, we're back in the top five list game. We're doing top five dinner scenes. Been a minute. Yeah. So we're going to discuss our top five favorite dinner scenes in movies. Let's, uh, who wants to start? You can start. 
I can. Okay, I guess I can start. All right. For my number five, I'm going back to 1994, the Pulp Fiction. And either the of your list, Pulp Fiction, the Pulp Fiction. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's not on my list. Not on your list. Pulp Fiction not on your list? No, it's not. Okay, well, we're talking about the dinner scene at the Jack Rabbit Slim's. What kind of restaurant would you call that? Uh, themed? Like a 50s diner, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's more than that because it has all the lookalikes serving food. and Right. It's like a planet Hollywood with only stars from the 50s. Or as John Travolta said, it's like a wax museum with a pulse. <laughs> <laughs> There's two Marilyn Monroes. Uh, of course, but there really one. isn't. There's just another actress that Mimi Van Dorn and what was the other one? I forget. It was neither one was Marilyn. <laughs> yeah. James Man. James. Uh, Jane, Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield. So yeah, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And in this scene, it's. John Travolta's Vincent Vega and Uma Thurman as Mia Wallace. He took Marcellus Wallace's wife out for dinner at his request. Yep. Marcellus was out of town and he wanted Vinny to mm-hmm. show his wife uh, a good time while he was out. Yeah. Keep her entertained. But apparently to not give her a foot massage. Yeah, that's too much. You get <laughs> Although thrown, you get thrown out bridges if that happens. <laughs> Well, during the course of the dinner, they discuss said foot massage, and apparently that's, you know, overblown. You know, you guys are worse than a sewing circle when you get together. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the overall atmosphere and the aesthetic to the Jackrabbit Slims. It's pretty sweet. I remember when I got that uh, special edition DVD back when that was. Yeah, I got that like one, too. Thing, and it came with the Jackrabbit Slims menu. Yeah, I got that one, too. That was pretty sweet. Did and then somebody jacked my menu. menu? <laughs> What's that? Was there themed food on the menu to go with the 50s theme? I think so, yeah, cause, uh, because they, um, like Amos and Andy was the option of the shake, right? Yeah, I forget. Martin and Lewis or Amos and Andy, I think. Yeah, it was I a, think she said Martin and Lewis. It was a $5 shake, which back in 1994 <laughs> was absurd. <laughs> Whereas in 2018, that's a pretty cheap fucking milkshake. Yeah, they don't diner. put bourbon in it or nothing? <laughs> But yeah, somebody fucking jacked my Jackrabbit Slim's menu, and I was pissed. I'm I was, not sure what happened to mine, because I used to, when I was living at home, I had it up on my wall like uh, like a poster, mm-hmm. and I don't know what happened to it now. Yeah. but you know, I've It might that, be in the case, actually. I might have put it back in the case. <laughs> I've gotten that new Blu-ray since then, so. But that doesn't come with any cool little handouts. So, uh, yes, this uh, dinner... There's uncomfortable silences. There's awesome dialogue because it's Tarantino. Mm-hmm. There's even a uh, twist dancing scene. And they win that dance competition. They yep. take that trophy home. Well, I don't know if they win it, but they take the trophy home. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Nobody's going to beat John Travolta in it's a dancing guy. competition. I, I can't remember where I saw that, but somebody had read or seen somewhere where they implied that he didn't actually win the contest, but they took the trophy home anyways. <laughs> Were they referencing some sort of a deleted scene or what? Possibly. I don't remember. Yeah. Well. Yeah, this is uh, obviously one of my favorite movies. It's a great scene, dialogue, great dinner scene overall. What do you think? I think it's like a wax museum with a pulse. 
Hi, I'm Buddy. What can I get you? Let's see. Steak, steak, steak. Oh, yeah. Oh, this Douglas Sirk steaks. Have that. How do you want that cooked? Run to a crisp or bloody as hell? Bloody as hell and, oh, yeah, look at this. Vanilla Coke. What about you, Peggy Sue? I'll have the Durward Kirby Burger, bloody, and a $5 shake. How do you want that shake? Martin and Lewis or Amos and Andy? Martin and Lewis. Did you just order a $5 shake? Mm-hmm. That's a shake. That's milk and ice cream. Last I heard. That's $5. Mm -hmm. You don't put bourbon in or nothing? No. Just checking. I'll be right back with your drinks. All right. I'm a little surprised that it didn't make either of your lists, but so, I digress. It's like my list. Like that was like a one-on-one -on -one dinner. Most yeah. of mine are family. Not dinners. necessarily family dinners, but there's there's at least three or more people there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what, what I went with. Yeah. The rest of mine are multiple people at the table. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just go clockwise. What's yours, Brett? What's your number five? You're all going to hate me. Number five is a short scene from the movie Norbit. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why from, am I not surprised? From 2007. Uh, it was directed by Brian Robbins. I think he could probably fit Norbit in about any <laughs> top five <laughs> topic we come up with. Yeah. Pretty close. Written by uh, Eddie and Charlie Murphy. This scene is uh, the scene where uh, the Lattimore brothers are being introduced. Uh, so it's Terry Crews as uh, Big Black Jack Lattimore, Clifton Powell as Earl Lattimore, uh, and Lester Spate as Blue Lattimore. Um, it also has uh, the 17-year-old versions of Norbit and Rasputia, uh, played by Jonathan Robinson and Lola St. Ville. And so I love the scene just because it's like stupid funny because mm -hmm. it's like the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just uh, going around the table and introducing the, the, the brothers. But as they're doing it, Terry Crews is handing out pieces of turkey mm -hmm. and he's announcing what each piece of turkey is as he puts it in front of somebody on their plate. Big Black Jack. He was the oldest. Leg. <laughs> then there was blue. Brussels. And Earl. He was the baby. Wing. They sure loved their little sister. And so they treated me like one of their own. Here you go, Norbert. Say the best piece for you. What's that? Turkey ass. Eat up, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, appetite. And it's, I mean, it's short and sweet. and just, It is that, looked just like a turkey ass. Yeah. And that turkey ass line just gets me every time. Mm -hmm. It looks pretty and, fucking gross what he puts in front and of they, it. And then they do a callback later in the movie mm -hmm. to, the, to the turkey ass. So, you know, short and sweet and to the point. <laughs> nothing nothing too overblown, but it, it uh, tickles my funny bone. I had to tell Brett outside of... I guess I told him at work. I was like, you got to only have one Norbit dinner scene <laughs> on your list. There's a couple. There's another, <laughs> like I said, they do a callback to the turkey ass later in the movie. 
and uh, you had to narrow down your Norbit dinner scenes. I, I could have I could have thrown that one in there because it's kind of funny, but uh, that second dinner scene's a little more serious. Like there's still jokes in there, but uh, this one, and then the just the looks on the the Lattimore brothers' faces, just blue with his Popeye and. Uh, I forget what the other one name was, but uh, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. All right, Jason, what's your number five? I just want to say I think our next top five should be top five scenes from Norbit. <laughs> That's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> too hard to choose the best ones. <laughs> uh, there's so many. Um, okay, so That's right. You did watch uh, Norbit, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it. Top, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Top, five, a, top five how you doing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a wedding dinner scene too, right? Oh, well, there's a reception, yeah. They're all sitting and they have food in front of them, don't yeah, they? When a, uh when the Chinese guy gets up and does a speech the or something. Guy, Mr. Wong. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, they have a wedding reception. And then later there's uh Kate invites Norbit to do the tasting for her upcoming wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, they talk about how Rasputia got banned from the, the restaurant because they had a all-you-can-eat buffet, and she took it as a personal challenge. Yeah. And then uh, she comes storming and looking for him, and they they deny that Norbert was there, but she knows he was there because who else would have eaten the turkey ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, you should just get on the blog and type up your top five Norbert scenes. <laughs> that episode will only work with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this episode is just Brett talking for an hour about <laughs> Norbit. You just play Norbit on yeah, the reminiscing. <laughs> All right, so uh, my top five, I don't have them in a particular order. I hope that's okay. No. No, oh, no you pick an order. order. Oh, shit. No, everybody you else. You pick an order. Okay, okay, give me a second. Everybody else put them in order. So it's called top five. Uh, yeah, top top five. I mean, I got five. Have you done a top five five. list with us? Yeah, I think actually the very first episode I was on was a top five. You fucked that one up. Yeah, I didn't have an order for that one either. It was the Uh, movies to be thankful for. It's been exactly a year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Uh, That's true, isn't it? Happy anniversary, Jason. Oh, thanks. (laughs) All right, fine. I'll put them in order. Um, Let's start with Anchorman. Uh, Anchorman is from, I got it here, 2004. Full title, I guess, is Anchorman, colon, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. You don't have to pronounce the colon. <laughs> we do How would people show. know that it's, not, that it's there? Uh, we got, of course, Will Ferrell, Christina Applegate, Paul Rudd. Well, they're the only two at the dinner that I'm talking about. So this is the one in in Tito's, mm-hmm. as you may recall. Two of them are there for a, Fred a nice dinner joint. Yep. yep, Fred is is Tito, and uh, Tito comes out. He's one of the finest club owners in all of San Diego. That's what they say. <laughs> and uh, basically, he insists that Ron gets up on stage to play some jazz flute. And uh, I just love where he, he stands up and he's like, oh, I can't, I can't. I, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. <laughs> and he pulls the flute out of his sleeve. And uh, he plays that first note and he's kind of like, he's not quite there. And he's like, okay, I, I'm not getting it. Oh, And then he just busts out the most badass 
flute solo of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. It's just, it's an awesome scene. It's hilarious. He's getting up on tables, stepping on people's drinks, mm-hmm. but everybody's just having, everybody loves it. He slides under a bathroom stall, plays to some guy in the toilet. He just, even uh, uh, sucks up that martini or that <laughs> drink and then sets it on fire. Yep. Yep. Throws some Jethro Tull in there. Yeah. <laughs> Aqua Lung. <laughs> it's also yeah. when the sparks first fly between uh, Christine Applegate and. That's true. Yeah, that's the first time she gives him the time of day, basically. First time she lets him uh, take her out or do anything. Yeah, later that night, he storms her castle on his steed. Yep. Takes her to Pleasure Town. (laughs) Then he reminisces about that great joke about her wanting to be an anchor woman. (laughs) 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 Uh. (laughs) Writes it in his journal. Yep. May I take your order? Yes, I am going to have uh, three fingers of Glenlivet with a little bit of pepper and uh, some cheese. Very good. Uh, I'll take a Manhattan and kick the vermouth in the side with a pair of steel-toed boots. Certainly. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Wow. Quite a drink order. Oh, well, when in Rome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, go on. Uh do as, as the Romans do. It's, it's an old expression. Oh, I've never heard of it. Oh. It's wonderful, though. <laughs> Mr. Burgundy! Gino! So good to see How you. How are you? Oh, you're looking fantastic. Tino? Veronica? Veronica, well, what a pretty girlfriend. Uh, drinks are on Tino tonight. No, 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 no. We're work associates. I work at the station. I'm a journalist there. Oh, okay, okay. This is a good guy. Tino's the finest club owner in the city. My best friend ever, right? Yes. Yes, we have a, a saying in my country about people like him. The coyote of the desert uh, always likes to eat the heart of the young, where the blood drips down to the children for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and only the ribs will be broken in two. <sighs> Tino. Okay, well, uh, uh, Mr. Burgundy, we will be honored if you will play jazz flute for us. I can't. Please. <sighs> you play jazz flute? I dabble. Uh, so fun fact, as I was looking up, rewatching this scene on YouTube, the guy that actually played that flute solo, mm-hmm. he also played flute on The Chronic, the really? Dre album, yeah. Mm. And I think he played saxophone maybe on it too. Hmm. Yep. You all forgot about Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget. <laughs> did he deal with Interscope? Is that a joke? No, I said, did he? I said, he did, yeah, right? Yeah, he's actually, he was, when I was working there, he was the producer that was in the studio the most. Yeah. Yeah. I went and bought bought out all the papers from 7-Eleven for him. <laughs> Paper bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh, the uh, the other guys. Paper bitch. I'll probably watch that this weekend. That's on Stars this week. Have you never seen it? No, I, oh, really? it's, it's on really Stars good. this week, so I'm going to watch like it. it. You've seen that, haven't you, Jason? What's that? The other guys, Will Ferrell and Marky Mark? No, haven't. Oh, you should watch it. Okay. Will Ferrell's the paper bitch. It'll be, <laughs> be, uh, I'll make it a, a point to watch that this yeah. weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four. I think this has got to be on your one of your guys' list. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Not well, on my I list. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't. You haven't no. seen Christmas Vacation? <laughs> no, I haven't what? seen it. Oh come on, dude! I hear about it constantly, they... but I've never. I've seen parts of it, but 
but very few. Well, have you seen the other vacation movies? I've seen Vacation and Vegas Vacation, and then pizza, uh, pieces of European and Christmas. I see. Well, Christmas Vacation came out in 1989, directed by Jeremiah S. Chichik. Probably got that wrong, but whatever. So there's a lot of people at the dinner table. This is family, extended family Christmas dinner. So we have Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, Randy Quaid, Miriam Flynn, May Questel, William Hickey, Ellen Latson. A lot of people. Anywho. This is one of the classic family dinners. Obviously a classic Christmas movie, but you know, you get the family together. It has the almost like a similar to Thanksgiving vibe because there really isn't many Thanksgiving movies. Yeah. Um there's one on my list at number two, but it's not really a Thanksgiving movie. It's just a scene over Thanksgiving dinner. But Planes, Trains and Automobiles is kind of the main Thanksgiving movie. But other than that, there aren't too many even see like movies with Thanksgiving scenes in it. Funny people has a Thanksgiving dinner. It's like a five, 10 minute scene, but yeah. What do you think of funny people? You don't think of, Oh, that was the movie with Thanksgiving dinner in it. Right. I don't think of funny people actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so pretty much, you know, any big family dinner, you get a little bit of the Thanksgiving vibe, but, this dysfunctional family, the Griswolds, is just a real treat to watch. Cousin Eddie is hilarious. Um, the cookie, or the the, the cookie, the turkey was hilariously overcooked to where it's just deflated. It's just full of air and it's just dry, <laughs> mainly bones and skin. Before we begin... Since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, oh great. Oh. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 <sighs> Catherine, this turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. Okay, Eddie. <laughs> Sorry. 
Why are you crying? Huh? I told you we put it in too early. Oh, it's just a little dry. It's fine. I told you. Here's the heart. But yeah, it's just a great uh, interaction of a dysfunctional family. Made my number four. All right. What's your number four? My number four is Beetlejuice from 1988. Honorable mention. Directed by Tim As was yours, your number five was also an honorable mention for me. Let's see. So this was a... uh, like a get together with the the new family in the house with some of their friends came to visit. Uh, let's see if I can figure out who was in that scene. Otto. <laughs> <laughs> now he was the he worked at the art gallery, correct? Yeah, she was. Was a, he a curator? He was like the I don't know if he was like the dealer or what for uh, for Catherine O'Hara's character. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jeffrey Jones was in there. Unfortunately, he's a pedophile. Uh, Winona Ryder, Glenn Shaddix, a.k.a. Otto. I forget who the other characters in that scene were. but uh, And then the, the two guests, the two or three guests that were there. Mm-hmm. You know what they say about people who commit suicide? In the afterlife, they become civil servants. <laughs> <laughs> Otho, I didn't realize you were into the supernatural. Well, of course, you remember... After my stint with the Living Theater, I was one of New York City's leading paranormal researchers. Till the bottom dropped out in 72. Paranormal? Is that what they're calling your kind these days? Don't mind her. She's still upset because somebody dropped a house on her sister. (laughs) Well, this looks really good. I saw some ghosts. private joke that Lydia and I share. It's not a joke. Yes, it is. Just today, uh, just today she tried to convince me that this house is haunted. (laughs) Kids! You know, I love them. By ghosts? In designer sheets, no less. I'd like to propose a toast to our intrepid friends who braved the Cross Bronx Expressway and two dozen toll booths to be with us here this evening. May your buildings go condo. Now, Lydia... Favor us about your ghosts. No. I am sick of that subject. Oh, dear, you lighten up. So this is a scene where they're kind of making fun of Lydia, Winona, Winona Ryder's character, for having seen ghosts in the house because the ghost did a, did a really shitty job of trying to scare her earlier in the movie. Uh, and they all get possessed and start singing and dancing. And it's a Caribbean tune. It's the Banana Boat song. And it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I love that song. And that scene in general, too. And uh, and then they all... One of the cool things about it is they all got these shrimp cocktails. And, like, at the end, they all come out like the, a giant hand and grab their face and throw them down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, that was a pretty cool effect. Jump in the line. Knock your body out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... It was so kind of out of left field, I yeah. guess. I mean, not not totally because it's a Tim Burton movie and it's kind of a goofy movie in the first place. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was a, a, a very fun scene. Yeah, practical effects are pretty great in there. Yeah. Tim Burton was always really creative. That whole movie is fantastic. With that kind of but, stuff. 
but that scene, as as far as dinner scene goes, I put that as my number four. All right, nice, Jason. I'm surprised we haven't had any crossover yet. Yeah. So my number four. Not sure if you have this one or not. Have you guys seen Lars and the Real Girl? I have. I have not. Do you have it or you just seen it? I've seen it. Lars and the Real Girl, 2007. Uh, the people in this scene are Ryan Gosling, Emily Mortimer, and Paul Schneider. Oh, right. You guys haven't seen uh, Parks and Rec, but Paul Schneider is in Parks and Rec, and I did not remember that he was in this movie. So right. I saw Parks and Rec after this. Anyway, uh, so basically, sorry, Brett, I'm going to spoil this one. There's no way not to. Uh, basically, Ryan Gosling plays Lars, a very lonely man mm-hmm. whose girlfriend is a real doll, like a, a sex doll, basically. Yeah. That's, and that's the name of the movie. Is that the, your spoiler? What? Is that your spoiler? Because that's the name of the movie. Lars and the Real Girl is yeah. the name of the movie. Yeah, you just said. He said Real, real doll. doll. That's like a brand, I believe, of like yeah. real, super realistic. I'm asking, is that your spoiler? I don't know. In I the guess, trailer, basically. You, in the trailers, you could always see that he was with a doll. And that was okay. like the shtick of the movie. Yeah. All right. It's not a spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> I take back my apology. You got to realize that everyone besides you looks at trailers, posters. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the poster even had a That's like picture the, of Gosling and the, the doll. The whole movie, isn't it? As far as yeah. I could tell from the marketing. Yep. All right, good point. Yep, <laughs> not a spoiler. Um, so yeah, basically the dinner scene is where I, I think it's the. F- well, I I don't remember if all the characters are kind of aware of what's going on at this point, but basically Lars brings his girlfriend to dinner with his brother Gus and his brother's wife Karen, and it's just pretty hilarious watching the dynamics between them because Lars is completely earnest like he you know I mean he he believes that his you know girlfriend is a real person basically Mm -hmm. and his brother is kind of like pissed off and like just incredulous and like you know rolling his eyes at this whole thing and the brother's wife is kind of like I, I I have no idea how to act in this situation. Like, she, she doesn't know how to process it. And uh, when they're at dinner, Lars tells a story about his girlfriend's luggage getting stolen at the airport <laughs> and asks his brother's wife if the girlfriend can borrow some of her clothes. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, just looking around like, I... Uh, that, that, that's pretty weird, you know. I don't really want to say yes to this, but eventually mm-hmm. she does. So mm-hmm. it's just nice. fun. It's nice. funny to watch the dynamics in just this really weird, awkward situation. So yeah. that's my number four. So you're never gonna believe this. Oh, makes me mad. Bianca's from the tropics. She, well, she's Brazilian. We're half Brazilian. Half Danish, that's right. And somebody stole her luggage. Oh. Yeah. And they stole her wheelchair. That's terrible. 
yeah. Can you believe that, Gus? Yeah, I can't believe it. Right. Well, it's it makes me angry. Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you a favor. She doesn't mind. I promise. Karen, you don't mind lending Bianca some clothes to you. She doesn't have any. sure we're the same type, Lars. Well, that's okay, Karen, because Bianca doesn't really care about superficial things like that, so it's okay. Sure. Yeah, that's right. See, I told you. Thanks. All right. My number three. I'm... There's got to be crossover with this one. Wedding Crashers. I thought about it, but uh, that is not on my list. So that is an honorable mention. Okay. All right. Wedding Crashers from 2005. At this dinner scene, sorry, directed by David Dopkin. And at this dinner scene is Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Rachel McAdams, Christopher Walken, uh, Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Jane Seymour, uh, Carol Donnell, Ellen Albertini Dow, Bradley Cooper, Henry Gibson. I'm probably forgetting one or two, but this is the big, I mean, there's plenty of dinners, you know, they go to hundred weddings in this movie, but yeah. I'm talking about the dinner at the estate owned by the secretary of the treasury, played by Christopher Walken, secretary Cleary. So it's like the Cleary, I think it's like a summer home type of thing. It's not there. Yeah, it's on an probably, island. Yeah. It's like their fall retreat. Yeah. Uh, I think they might just go there for quail hunting, you know. Yeah. Or uh, some backyard football. Yeah, get some crab. <laughs> That's what Maryland does, crab cakes and football. <laughs> this is right off the coast of Maryland. Um, so this is uh, a bit of an uncomfortable dinner because... Vince Vaughn is just hooked up with Isla Fisher, who's Christopher Walken's youngest daughter, who's, I don't know, would you even describe her as kind of precocious? She seems just really immature for her age. Yeah. And kind of oblivious to, to a lot of things. At least she puts out that vibe. Uh, yeah. Definitely at first she comes off that way. And yeah. And <laughs> once you get to know her. <laughs> Changes a little bit. But you know that's you know, that's Daddy's little girl, and Vince Vaughn is the new guy who she just hooked up with at the wedding. Uh, she invited him and uh, Owen Wilson back to their house for the weekend. So Christopher Watkins already had one or two uncomfortable talks with Vince Vaughn. You know she's not just another notch on the old belt, but <laughs> but I mean this dinner has it all. This might be my favorite dinner scene in terms of just comedy. I think this is maybe the funniest dinner scene I've ever seen, like beginning to end. It's a pretty long one, and it it kind of has a little bit of everything. It has a you know drunk, you know homophobic, racist grandma. It has an under the table, over the pants HJ, two climax, <laughs> corny jokes. As poi he you know Owen Wilson poisons Bradley Cooper during it. Yeah, kind of this has a bit of everything. People storming off. 
just uncomfortable family secrets coming to the, bubbling to the surface. So, Jeremy, you and your brother are venture capitalists. That's right. That's great. Venture capitalist. The backbone of the system. It's the new pioneer. New pioneer. So is it just about the money? No, no. It's about uh, investing in companies that are ethically and morally defensible. Well, like what? Give me an example. Like what? Well, there's the company that we have where we're taking the, the fur or the wool from sheep. And we turn it into thread for homeless people to sew. And then they make it into cloth, which they in turn sew. And then um, make little shirts and pants for other homeless people to sell. It's a pretty good deal. People, people helping people. Yeah. That's, that's very admirable. Thank you. Although don't make me out to be a saint just yet. We do turn a small profit. <laughs> After all, someone has to pay for the uh, lap dances for the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking around. <laughs> yeah. Feels so good when he jokes. What's this uh, company called? <clears throat> shirts and pants. Holy shirts and pants. It's a little corny and obvious, but what do you get out of being subtle, right? Well, that's a hell of a good project. I'm going to mention something to the Commerce Secretary. That would be terrific. That would be great, huh? Terrific. That was terrific. So yeah, I kind of I just love the scene from beginning to end. Um, it's one of the strongest I think in the movie, and that was you know I've heard a lot of people nowadays talk about Bunny Crashers. You know that doesn't hold up. It's such a big hit at the time. Yeah, I still if I see it on TV and I watch it for a while, I still laugh my ass off pretty much. Yeah, that's funny. I think it's still funny, but yeah. I don't know if you go around and like want to watch it all the time. But no. like you said, if if it comes on, it's still funny. Yeah, I just the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn is so fucking good in this movie. Obviously, they tried it again to diminishing returns in the internship, <laughs> which is ill-advised, PG-13. Didn't they make a couple other movies, too? Um, well, they were in other things together, I but think. But not, not really as the two leads. Yeah. But yeah, Wedding Crashers, my number three. Robert De Niro tried an internship, too. I don't think it went too well for him, either. <laughs> All right, number three. Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. 2006. Honorable mention. Directed by Adam McKay. And the dinner scene stars uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Leslie Bibb, Trying to find who played the the grandpa and the two kids. Uh, Houston Tumlin and Grayson Russell as Walker and Texas Ranger, and uh, or Tr as we call him, <laughs> yeah. and Ted Manson as Grandpa Chip. <laughs> <laughs> so I, probably the funniest thing about this scene to me. Is Will Ferrell praying to little baby Jesus <laughs> and mentioning all of his sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Blessing his his Domino's and his KFC and his yeah, always delicious Taco Bell. Yep. They have a, tw- a two liter of Coca Cola and then they're, they're drinking Mountain Dew. They got some Powerade up yep. there. And then he's got, he mentioned his, uh, <laughs> he has a, contractual obligation to mention Powerade in every grace. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, baby Jesus, 
or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox, mm. who if you were to rate her ass on 100, it would easily be a 94. Mm. Also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, we... um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. <sighs> Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus... Like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. So that's hilarious. And then like they get in a fight, like his wife starts arguing with him that, you know, Jesus grew up. You don't have to <laughs> call him little baby Jesus every time. <laughs> and then they all fight about who the best Jesus is, what version of Jesus is the best. Uh, plus you got Walker and Texas Ranger just shit talking Chip, <laughs> and then the you know Will Ferrell backing him up like I worked too hard to put up with your bowl, Chip. <laughs> Will Ferrell's going, you know, I love the way they talk to you. They're winners. They do what they want. <laughs> uh, you know, Texas Rangers talking about how he pissed his pants at school to get get even with somebody. He's just and he's still sitting in his pee pants. <laughs> it was just absurd and then to end it with uh with uh ricky bobby and his wife just making out and going at it on the table mm -hmm. and cal Notton jr just fucking like trying to keep her hair out of the kfc <laughs> <laughs> everyone just keep eating <laughs> yeah so uh i mean Wedding Crashers is, is really funny, but uh, I think I, I, I had to go with this one over it. All right. Talladega Nights, number three. Nice. Well, I won't argue with you too much. It's, it's fucking hilarious. All right, Jason. What's your number three? What random selection did you <laughs> designate number three on your list? <laughs> it's not entirely random. Getting away from the comedies, though. This one is a more... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's still kind of a funny scene. American Beauty. Honorable mention. I had an honorable mention of that, too. There's like four dinner scenes in there you could put. 
Yeah. I felt bad having two pedophiles on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take one over for you. <laughs> so American Beauty, 1999. We got Kevin Spacey, Annette Benning, Thora Birch. Those are the three in this scene. And uh, I chose the scene where basically the whole family kind of going crazy, or at least the parents are going crazy. So um, this is after, right after the mom found out that the dad, well, she, she says he quit his job, or no, he says he quit his job. She's like, she says that he lost his job. He's like, I blackmailed my boss for like $60,000 and then I quit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't lose my job. It's not like, well, where'd my job go? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just discussing his day at work. Why don't you tell our daughter about it, honey? Janie, today I quit my job. <laughs> and then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. And your mother seems to prefer that I go through life like a fucking prisoner while she keeps my dick in a mason jar under the sink. How dare you speak to me that way in front of her? And I marvel that you can be so contemptuous of me on the same day that you lose your job. Lose I didn't lose it. It's not like, whoops, where'd my job go? I quit. Someone passed the asparagus. Oh, 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 and I want to thank you for putting me under the added pressure of being the sole breadwinner now. I already have a job. No, no, don't give a second thought as to who's going to pay the mortgage. We'll just leave it all up to Carolyn. You mean you're going to take care of everything now, Carolyn? Yes, I don't mind. I really don't. You mean everything? You don't mind having the sole responsibility? Your husband feels he can just quit his job and you don't... Will someone who's please pass me the okay, fucking guys, asparagus? I'm not going to be a part of this. Shut up! It's weird, her character, how she, like, she goes crazy in the way where everything is really funny to her mm-hmm. like she's just super sarcastic about everything she's like oh yeah come in sit down and have your father tell you about how he just lost his job it's hilarious and like she's uh-huh. drinking wine and stuff i'm the sole breadwinner now <laughs> yeah she's complaining about that and uh yeah and then frank just wants somebody to pass the fucking asparagus <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah, they're arguing, and he just gets up, walks over there, stares her in the eye, picks up the plate, and walks back over to his chair. And the daughter's just looking at both of them like, my parents are, fuck, they just lost their minds. Like, what is even happening here? And uh, and Ed throws a a plate against the wall. Who's Frank? What are you talking about? What was his name? I thought it was Frank. Lester, that's what it was. I was thinking Frank Underwood, right? (laughs) Where Frank came from? I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Uh, for some reason, I thought his name was Frank. Yeah. Lester. Yeah. Lester. So Lester is basically Lester taking... Lester the molester. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, he's taking his life back by force, and the whole family is just kind of going crazy. So that's fun to watch. And he fools around with a 17-year-old girl in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But he's such a gentleman that he stops himself. Yeah, <laughs> but only when he finds out it's her first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and then she was a girl. <laughs> yeah, that might have had something to do with it. Chris Cooper was way too old for him. Was not a fan. I think you got the wrong idea. You got to be like fifteen. And that's my number three. All right. My number two 
We're going back to 1992. Scent of a Woman. hoo Neither of you guys have even seen that, have you? You were telling me about this recently, right? Yep. Yeah, not I have seen not seen it. it no. I feel like I should see it. I had the opportunity to see it. Oh, it's a must-see. I had an opportunity to see it, and I didn't. So I, You should. It's hilarious. I, next time it comes around, I will be watching it. Some people dog on it because they're mad that Al Pacino won Best Actor for this and not for The Godfather or any uh, other number of movies that he could have won for, but... Yeah. Anywho. He had a lot of good acting performances outside of this one. Yeah. Uh, directed by Martin Brest. Uh, the people at this dinner scene, this is an actual Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Al Pacino goes, uh, brings Chris O'Donnell, who's looking after him, because Al Pacino is a, a blind, retired uh, lieutenant colonel, Frank Slade, and he goes to his brother's house. Chris O'Donnell plays Charlie Sims, a young prep school boy who's making some extra money over Thanksgiving break, watching over him. Because he's kind of an old curmudgeon drunk blind man. (laughs) And then he becomes the ward of uh, Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) He does. And Alfred Pennyworth. (laughs) He was Robin. (laughs) Uh, also at this dinner in Batman and Robin. Gotcha. Bradley Whitford. You guys know Bradley Whitford? That's who's, his who's name. Bradley Whitford. We were trying to figure out what yeah. his name was the other day. Eric right. from uh, Billy Madison. He's also the dad in Get Out. He's in mm. Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Did we, Get Out. He right? was in Ally yeah, McBeal, right? We, we established yeah, he was in, so, yeah. What's his name again? Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. He looks like what you think he'd look like with a name like that. <laughs> oh, yes. That guy. Uh, Rochelle Oliver. Let's see. I think Tom Reese Farrell is in this. Hmm. Bradley Whitford's Twitter is interesting. Very political. Who's? Bradley Whitford. I just Googled him and his all his Twitter stuff is about like... But turning know. black people into... <laughs> <laughs> White people. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg care more about making money than anything else. If you're Christian, you actually have an obligation to help them. Is he the first celebrity Twitter profile that you've looked up? Like ever? Um, pretty much. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Twitter person. Well, two thirds of them. That's all it is. Just uh, virtual virtue signaling is that what they call it yeah he'll tweet that out and then that'll be retweeted by chris evans and rose mcgowan and Mm. (laughs) this goes down the line they all just kind of retweet each other's shit yeah yeah not that i disagree with it i'm just yeah tired of reading and clogging up my fucking news twitter feed Mm. it's just like i mean they they just show like they just show like his top five tweets and they're all things about like rich people in the world doing bad things basically Mm. I'm sure he's stuff. poor. Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. Is that what Twitter is? I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, back to this scene. Um, this is also a hilarious dinner scene. Also gets a little serious at the end. There's some uh there's some violence, some <laughs> family on family violence. Frank tells a very inappropriate story at the dinner table about a time when he was in the military, uh seen having a threesome with a Asian hooker and a uh, a Caucasian hooker. 
And he describes in detail what they did. <laughs> I thought you said it was an inappropriate. Yeah, yeah it's a Thanksgiving that's, dinner. That's good family dinner talk. <laughs> Sounds like a normal Thanksgiving dinner to me. And like he's kind of famous among his family for being an asshole. Like mm. nobody really likes him. Like when he shows up at the door, everyone's like, oh, Frank's here. Yeah. Probably because he keeps saying hua. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, so I wake up. It's four in the morning. I don't know who I'm with or why I'm there and where I am. What am I going to do? I got this Asian flower on the one hand, all giggly and dewy-like, and this hard-boiled Navy nurse out of Omaha on the other. Now, we're three across the bed. Not a stitch of clothes on. It comes to me. Let east meet west. And we'll build a golden bridge. <laughs> I felt like I just joined the Corps of Engineers. <laughs> we all still here? It's a beautiful story. Joyce <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy shocking people uncle frank honey i didn't know you were so easily shocked randy i admire your sensibilities i'm touched dad you remember the time <laughs> i persuaded frank to go to the the kennel what about it he almost put the seeing eye dog business out of business cool it randy it's over and done with you know indeed it is gary indeed it is and so is dinner charlie what time do you have i think we better be getting back you ever given any thought to a braille watch, Frank? Randy. Stevie Wonder wears one, or do you rank on him, too? Honey, please. It's all right, Gloria. I enjoy Randy's observation. My wife's name sensitive. is Gail, Frank. Can you hear that? Gail. Excuse me. Gail. Gail strikes me as a very beautiful woman. But you know, there's a little tension in her voice. I don't know what it is. Could be one of two things. Either Gail is nervous or unsatisfied. What's your point, Uncle Frank? You ought to go down on her. Cut it out, Frank, will you? Uh, yes, I love Scent of a Woman. I don't give a shit what other people say. Al Pacino's hilarious in here. Solid movie all around. You get to see young Philip Seymour Hoffman. 92 Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm. For Phil Hoffman. Phil Hoffman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, I mean, there's multiple dinner scenes. There's other uncomfortable dinner scenes in this movie, but this was the best one. Takes the cake. And Bradley Whitford is very much the same weasel that he is in Billy Madison. He's a real piece of shit in this one, too. Mm. I think he plays a piece of shit in just about everything. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's just kind of got that face. Kind he's of a typecast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. What's your number two? My number two Natural Born Killers, 1994. Which one is this one? Directed by Oliver Stone. I love Mallory. That was a, that was a breakfast scene. Wasn't no, it? it was a dinner scene. Okay. It was a dinner scene. So uh, so Juliet Lewis is in there, Rodney Dangerfield, Edie McClurg, and then Kevin. I forget who plays Kevin. Sean Stone. So uh, it's a dinner scene. Mallory's about to go to the concert, and uh, Kevin and uh, her dad are sitting down to eat dinner. Mom's cooking it up. What I like about the scene is they play it off like a cheesy sitcom. Like they shoot it like a cheesy sitcom. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's some really dark stuff, <laughs> yeah. really, really dark subject matter. But they like do it really jokey, and there's a, a canned uh, laughter, mm-hmm. and they do some weird sound effects to censor some of the, the swear words and stuff. Yeah. Even though it's uh, some disturbing material, it's done in a really funny way. And Roddy Dangerfield is fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's a fucking creeper. Just the the way he's shooting out one-liners is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I think what ties it up at the end for me is uh, when he, he pulls his shoe out of the pot and then he goes, with this food you pray after you eat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just, he's just running down the family, just, you know, you know, telling the wife how dumb she is and, mm-hmm. you know, and then he's like groping Mallory and stuff. And it's, it's at the same time, super hilarious and super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's actually, uh, Mickey, uh, Woody Harrelson also makes a cameo in the scene as the meat man mm-hmm. because, uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's character was so sick of eating his, his wife's shitty food that he ordered, 50 pounds of ground beef. Yeah. <laughs> 50 pounds of beef, man. Uh, <laughs> it's beef. Beef, man. 50 pounds. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's also, I'd say, probably one of the more important scenes in the whole movie since the movie is a you know, satirical takedown of television and media in general. Yeah. Kind of like, what better way to do that than to structure a scene as a TV show, a sitcom? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's super well done. It's it's just a, a great scene all around. So that's why I put it at number two. Hi, Dad. How is work? What work? I'm unemployed. Where the f*** have you been, huh? Well, you look nice, Mallory. Yuck, you look like... <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Well, I'm going to go now. I'll be back at midnight, okay? What are you wearing, a broomstick and a trash bag? Why don't you put some meat on you, huh? A few pounds lighter, you'll be missing the opium. Where the hell do you think you're going, huh? I'm going to the John Lee Hooker concert with Donna. I told you that yesterday. First off, you don't tell me anything. You ask my permission. Second, you're not going out in that hula house dress. You'll end up peddling your ass, you stupid bitch. And third, you're not going out at all. You didn't mow the yard. That piece of shit lawnmower is fine! Are you talking in front of your mother? You stupid bitch. You watch your language. I didn't really think of that one. That's why we do these lists. Mm-hmm. Not everyone thinks of everything. We've all been pretty unique so far. Mm-hmm. No crossover. I can't believe it. Go. I have a feeling it's going to get real dark in the number ones. Mine is pretty dark. Dark? Yeah. Go. Okay. What's your number two? My number two... From 2001, Donnie Darko. Oh, that's another one I forgot. Such a fuck ass for picking that. Oh, (laughs) I wanted to say it. It's all right. (laughs) All right. We got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Holmes Osborne, DeVay Chase, and Mary McDonnell all at dinner together. And what I love about this scene is how jam-packed it is with character development and exposition. I'm voting for Dukakis. 
Hmm. Well. Maybe when you have children of your own who need braces and you can't afford them because half of your husband's paycheck goes to the federal government, you'll uh, regret that. My husband's paycheck? Oh. Oh. Anyway, I'm not going to squeeze one out until I'm like 30. Will you still be working at the yarn barn? Because I hear that's a really great place to raise children. That's really funny. No, I think a year of partying's enough. She'll be going to Harvard next fall. Mom, I haven't even gotten in yet. Do you honestly think Michael Dukakis will provide for this country till you're ready to squeeze one out? Yeah, I do. Hmm. When can I squeeze one out? Not until eighth grade. Excuse me. Donnie, you're such a dick. Like, just really quickly, they kind of flesh out the whole setting for the movie. Like, they're mm-hmm. talking about 80s issues, you know, 80s politics. The um, Maggie's character says that she's voting for Dukakis. And the dad is like, oh, you know, maybe when you have kids of your own and half of your husband's paycheck, you know, goes to the government or whatever. And she's like, oh, my, my husband's paycheck? And, like... Just I like George. <laughs> <laughs> Later when he's watching TV, I like George. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like every every word, every little interjection that each character has in this, you know, family conversation tells you something about that character and kind of where they're coming from and their relationship with their, the other, you know, the rest of the family. And it gives a lot of background. I mean, this is basically the only time you get character development with the uh other sisters really like you get the naivety of the sarah is it the younger sister she's well what's a fuck ass when can i squeeze one out that Mm -hmm. stuff and uh you know you can you get a little bit of the rebellious nature of the older sister and uh you learn that donnie is on meds but how much you know, of a rebel can she really be if she's working at the yarn bar that's what i want to <laughs> know that's a good point i hear that's a really <laughs> good place to raise a kid <laughs> yeah so you see the dynamics between donnie and well maggie's character which mm-hmm. is, is funny because they're also siblings in real life and uh but yeah one of the biggest things is you learn that donnie is on you know some sort of medication for uh, emotional problems or something like that yeah so that's a big part of the story uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, the the fuck ass line is is fun. That's kind of the punchline that that uh, finishes that scene. So that's my number two. All right, getting down to the number ones for my number one top five favorite dinner scene. Going back to 1974 with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. These are your lists? No? No. Nope. No. All right. Directed by Toby Hooper. And at this dinner scene, we're talking about the scene at the end uh, with Marilyn Burns as Sally, Edwin Neal's the hitchhiker, Jim Sidaw as the old man, Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface, John Dugan as the grandfather. And that is it. You know, there's the old saying, a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, there was certain, like, alternate posters to this movie with a scene of, it was just a snapshot of that dinner. Because she's at the head of the table, tied to the chair, and everyone alongside of it, 
here. I just want to make sure if I got that right. Is that Sally at the end? I believe so. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, was the original, Sally. was this in black and white? No. Okay. Then was this scene like kind of tinted red? Am I remembering that right? Uh, the, there's different, definite color saturation. Somewhat. It's not all very well defined. Yeah. You know, it's cheap film stock and... I just Low feel budget. like there was some really weird, something weird about how they shot that that really made the mood. But it's been a long time since I saw it. Yeah, the last time I watched it was actually a 35 millimeter print at the Trilon. Mm. And it was an original print. Cool. And that thing was beat the hell up. <laughs> yeah. But Especially during the murder or the actual killing scenes. Yeah. You can tell those were watched over and over again because they looked worn out. Mm. But it was still kind of cool. The aesthetic is kind of like, well, it's kind of supposed to look shitty so <laughs> yeah fits right in but yeah i was saying there's there's always been an alternate poster that i've seen that's just a snapshot of this dinner and so you see the hitchhiker the old man you see grandpa on the opposite side of the table who's you don't know what the hell his deal is if he's dead he's barely alive <laughs> yeah seems to be clinging on clinging to life and then you have leatherface wearing someone else's face at the dinner table Everything's completely normal. And it's like each, so, you know, picture's worth a thousand words. Well, that time's about a thousand itself. Yeah. Because each character has its own backstory and interesting things about them and creepy things and unsettling things. It's like the most, I don't know, unsettling dinner scene I've ever seen. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw, I usually consider it to be my favorite horror movie of all time. So it kind of has a leg up on the competition in terms of creepy dinner scenes. Yeah, There's others out there that are I don't know, maybe more gross or unsettling. But it's from 74, it holds up very well. And then, you know, it gets into they're trying to have Grandpa kill her with the hammer. And he's so limp, he can't even do it himself. So they're yeah. trying to... Everything is just agonizing, like, and how slow it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, the dread, it's you know, dripping from the room. It's just yeah. like, oh, Sally is not having a good dinner. <laughs> yeah. Plus the fact that they're probably eating people. Yeah. Because they have that barbecue at the, the old man runs at the gas station. But, uh, you know, Leatherface has been chopping up people in the uh, the meat locker all day. Chainsawing them up, putting them on the meat hooks, putting them in the freezer. So for sure. Eating people at the dinner table. Not Thanksgiving, because it was over the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good choice. We were just having fun. You think this is a party? Shut your mouth. Can't be helped, young lady. Oh, please. Shut up. No mind. You like this thing? Crazy! You 
He's just a cook. Shut up, you bitch hog. He never fixed you all the work. He don't like it, ain't that right? You're just a cook. Shut your mouth. You don't understand nothing. I understand you ain't nothing. Me and him do all the work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. <laughs> just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. <laughs> On a similar note, I thought about choosing House of a Thousand Corpses that has kind of a That's pretty messed me. up yep. dinner scene too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that one, but you were, remind me of that one. Mm-hmm. So I would put that as an honorable mention as well. All right. What's your number one, Brett? Number one, 1983's Scarface. <laughs> uh, directed by Brian De Palma. And the scene in question features Al Pacino, Stephen Bauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then uh, some of their goons. And about 50 old white rich people. <laughs> right. uh, and the scene I'm talking about is the uh, say goodnight to the bad guy scene where uh, Tony and Elvira's relationship just fucking explodes. Just They're just done. They, they hit their breaking point. She's had enough of him and his gangster ways. He's had enough of her and her drug use. And they're all, they're both shit faced. Her best friend is Nick the pig and she can't have it. (laughs) And Tony is just, you know, he's had enough of everybody just staring at him. Uh, And he has one of the best soliloquies in modern movie history about, you know, you need people like me so you can point and say, that's the bad guy. So you can feel better about yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I mean, we talked about it when we did the episode on Scarface, so I don't want to go too much more in depth on it, but it's just an amazing scene. Like I said, a great uh, soliloquy by by, uh, Al Pacino. And uh, just another great dinner scene. Mm -hmm. My number one, Scarface. Solid. 
Good choice. Jason, don't let us down. I'll do my best. My choice for number one from 2018, Hereditary. It's 2018. It's too recent. <laughs> it's fine. What's wrong with that? No, go for it. That's recency bias. You know what I'm talking about. It's a good scene, right? Mm-hmm. So Brett hasn't seen this, so I'll try not to spoil anything. We got Alex Wolf, Gabriel Byrne, and Tony Collette at dinner. And they just all deliver amazing performances. Like this family has had some horrific stuff happen to it. Like the worst things that you can imagine happening to a family, more or less. And at this point in the movie, like nobody's really talking about it. Like everybody knows, you know, the things that have happened and there's some blame going around and there, there are just a lot of emotions boiling under the surface. And then in this scene, they all come to the surface in a really explosive way. And I just thought, especially Alex Wolf and Tony Collette, well, I can't, I can't leave Gabriel Bernal. They all just, mm-hmm. they're, it was amazing. Like just watching their faces and just very like raw emotion and just really a really powerful scene. I think one of the best in the movie, perhaps. This is really good, Dad. Thanks, buddy. You okay, Mom? What? Is there something on your mind? Is there something on your mind? It just seems like there might be something you want to say. Like what? I mean, why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? Sneer at you? I don't ever sneer at you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. Okay, so fine. Then say what you want to say then. Okay, dear. I don't want to say anything. I've tried saying Okay, so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. Yeah, I remember uh, reading an article a couple weeks ago about all the Oscar contenders this year for Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, things like that. And there's a couple of front runners right now from The Favorite. Have you heard of the movie The Favorite? No. I forget his name. Uh, The Greek director who did uh, The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm. This is his new one. They're talking about, uh, I forget her name. Olivia Coleman, I think is her name. Okay. It's kind of like the front runner for Best Actress. And there's a couple more in there, and people were kind of debating. like They wonder if Tony Collette's going to get a nomination or not. Yeah. I remember watching Hereditary the other night, and I was like, saw that scene, and I go, she could be nominated for this. Yeah, she's. She's great in that. I mean, she's great in the whole movie, but that scene was yeah, very powerful. Yeah. That would be the... Well, I don't know if they'd show that at the Oscars because there's... It would spoil some of the movie. Yeah. In fact, I don't know how I'm going to play 
a clip for that. I'll have to snip it up a bunch. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't know. Some of the stuff she says might be vague enough that it's yeah. not totally clear what she's talking about. But. Yeah, very powerful stuff. Um, yeah, Tony Clip was pretty great in there. Like I said, because you would ask before, like, and you're like, you like Tony Collette? I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> like what I've seen her in, she's always been good. Yeah. I just never went out like, oh, I got to go see the new Tony Collette movie. Right. Because right. like, I guess the main thing I remember her from is Little Miss Sunshine. She was mm-hmm. great in there as the mom. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of times she's the mom and there's a lot of emotional family stuff going on. Like she's yep. no stranger to that type of role, but this one like kind of pushed her further. I think then didn't didn't she have a show on Showtime where she played a schizophrenic? Yeah, the uh, United States of Terror or something. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I never saw that, so I didn't either. I always remember her from The Sixth Sense as well. She's the mom in there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, the one that refuses to talk to Bruce Willis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, spoilers! <laughs> it's not really spoilers. <laughs> she just won't talk to him. It's weird. How did he get in the house then? <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> All right. Let's go through some more. I don't know. Anything else you want to add to Hereditary? No. I think I covered it. All right. Uh, we mentioned um, some. Well, we, we had some crossover with honorable mentions, but some other honorable mentions would be uh, the campaign dinner scene with. Zach Galifianakis and his family, where the kids proceed to confess to dirty things they've been doing, oh, family yeah. secrets come to light, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, my dinner with Andre, the whole movie is one long dinner scene. And I haven't seen my dinner with Andre, but I assume, I mean, it's a very well-respected movie, so I assume it would have a good scene in it. <laughs> sure. Uh, Temple of Doom has a pretty good dinner scene. The one, yeah. the famous with the monkey brains and all the different animals that they're eating. Revolutionary Road has a pretty good dinner scene, a comfortable one. With Michael Shannon is involved. He's a guest at a, you know, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Michael Shannon is a, a kind of a, sort of a day pass from the mental institution, and he makes things hilariously uncomfortable mm. when he talks. Uh, Goodfellas. Great scene mm. after they, uh, well, <laughs> they, they they pull up to Joe Pesci's mom's house, who, who is actually Martin Scorsese's mom in real life. And they try to sneak in and I think they just wanted a knife. And she kind of catches them and, oh, you got to eat something. Sit down. You got to eat, you know. And so when they point out, they talk about the picture on the wall with the man with the two dogs in the boat. It's a pretty great scene. Um American History X. <laughs> See this? It's not welcome. Now, I was trying to remember, is that a Thanksgiving scene? Or is that just a dinner scene? I don't remember. I don't it's probably been It was the first time the mom brought the boyfriend over. I I've only seen that movie once and it was at least 10 years ago. So I don't remember specifics. A lot of family drama in that scene. Also Pretty violent. The one thing I and anti-Semitic. The one thing I remember from that movie is the curb stomping scene. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of other specifics. <laughs> I see. It's a pretty memorable scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth has a pretty cool dinner scene. 
Mm-hmm. With the, uh, what do they call him, guy? Yeah, the with guy the with the eyes in his hands. The, the eye, yeah, the eye hands. <laughs> yeah. The hand eyes. Yep. Whatever you want to say. Good, good hand eye coordination. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Can't get much more coordinated than that. that. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> uh, Step Brothers has a pretty good dinner scene. And Eraserhead has a very surreal and creepy dinner scene. Mm. That movie's just fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Talk about not knowing what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on. You just don't know why. <laughs> okay, he's got a mutated baby, bird baby in his room that he's got to take care of now, I guess. <laughs> Forever. No wonder she left. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys have any other honorable mentions? And I did not list. I did not. I seem to remember a scene where somebody's eating a lot of spaghetti because he's building up. <laughs> Dead end driving. That's a good one. Spaghetti, mm-hmm. spaghetti. Did I, did I say what about Bob? No, you didn't. What about Bob is a pretty decent one. Sure. Bob with the family. I don't. I can't think of any other ones. All right. Well, I think we're going to start ramping up our Christmas movie schedule of or slate of films, I guess. I'll probably do another mini up or news up before we start that. We'll start that in December. So in a couple of weeks here, maybe start doing some Christmas movies. Um, other than that, do you guys want to add anything else? Nope. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Listen to this on your turkey hangover. Get ready for Cyber Monday. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got Monday off. Oh, boy. Vikings Packers, Sunday night. Go one. I'm going to need some recovery time. Number one Packer backer. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be out of commission Monday, whether the Vikings win or lose. I'm going to call you at home because you called me at home last time I was <laughs> off of work. You didn't have to answer. <laughs> I shouldn't have. I don't know why I did. That was a real emergency. Yeah, well. All right. Please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, get off my case.